Hi everyone, I'm your host, Sam Evans, and welcome to Lifestyle Redesigned, the podcast. Every week I interview both entrepreneurs and travelers about their success stories and how they made their dream lives into reality. Whether you're someone who has always wanted to travel but doesn't know where to start, an aspiring entrepreneur looking to build a thriving business, or anyone in between, our guests will share their experiences and insights on how they've succeeded at living what I like to call the unconventional life. So get ready to be inspired as we explore the stories of those who have successfully redesigned their lives. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce Nicole Valaka, the founder of Nomad Creative, a customer operations business helping boutique food creatives, bakers, and cake makers. Working as a digital nomad, Nicole is also the host of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast, where she talks all about world travel, running a business online, digital nomadism, and creating the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Throughout this episode, we will be diving into working abroad as an entrepreneur, being in a relationship while traveling the world, and how Nicole moved away from her home country for good, started a whole new life for herself, and how you can get started doing the same. So I guess you could say this episode includes a little bit of everything. With all of that said, thank you so much for being on and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for that great introduction. I was listening mm-hmm. to you thinking, wait, have I done all of this? Oh, right. <laughs> it's crazy to hear it repeated back to you. Imposter syndrome coming in right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get into all of the questions, I'd love for our listeners to learn more about your story and what got you to where you are today. Yes. So this is a great question. It can be a loaded question, but I will keep it pretty succinct. So I am originally from Canada and I, after university, like years back, probably eight years ago now, I was working in a corporate job nine to five, and it had always been my dream to work in a nine to five, to have that corporate lifestyle. That is what I really always wanted. And so I got it after university and I was like, great, this is exactly what I wanted, but it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. I ended up probably only about a year into the role thinking, how can I do this for the rest of my life? You know, this is not something that I can see myself sitting at a desk, doing this work for somebody else for the next 40 whatnot years. So I started to, and I think a lot of nomads have had a similar reflection point in their life. So I love connecting with other nomads who have had something similar. But for me, I started to explore options of how can I leave my home country? How can I make something different for myself? Because I knew If I didn't leave or if I didn't do something different, then it would just be the same. I would have, you know, I would move up the corporate ladder. I would get a dog. I would get married. I would buy a house. I would have 2.5 kids. And for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I know what the rest of my life looks like. Like I already know. And I was what, like 21, 22 years old. Right. So And this was in 2016. So like this is way before COVID happened and digital nomads and working online. Like that was not a thing. Funny story. When I left, my boss actually offered me a job online, which I took. And at the time, this is in 2017. At the time, I was like, this is so weird. Like he wants me to like work from halfway across the world. This makes no sense. But just like wasn't a big thing. So I ended up moving to China in 2017 And my plan was to kind of go to different countries in Asia each year, see the culture, the food, the people, like just see different places. But of course, life never happens according to plan. 
And I ended up staying in China for four years. (laughs) I ended up loving it, meeting a great group of friends there and really enjoying my life. But I was in China when COVID hit in 2020. And, you know, I remember like the end of 2019 hearing like whispers of something happening in the North. We were like, oh, it's fine. (laughs) It wasn't fine. So I ended up actually getting locked outside of China when they closed the borders during COVID in March. And that was really a reflection point for me. I really had for the first time and probably ever got to look back on my life and figure out is the trajectory that my life is on now where I want my life to be going in the future? And the answer once again in my life was no, because I was essentially just having the nine to five job doing the same thing I was doing in Canada, but doing it in China this time, you know, different job, different country, but everything else was the same. It was a nine to five. It was an office job. And I was like, this is exactly why I left Canada. So very grateful now looking back on 2020, but at the time being stuck in Canada, like my whole life, my cat, my things, like everything being in China, it was very stressful. But 2020 really gave me the opportunity, as I think it did for many people, to reflect on what I wanted to do. So from there, I discovered online business and that you can even have a job online. And I was like, this is great because I had always loved online tech and systems. And I realized that there was a way to start something from that. So I started at the beginning of building a business, you know, a lot of trial and error at the beginning. It was definitely not a linear trajectory to get to where I am, you know, three years later almost. But that's kind of where it all started. And from there, I went back to China for the plan was for like six months, finish out my time there and then become a nomad and travel the world and run my business online. But again, world and life never goes to plan. So I ended up meeting my partner in China, who at the time had multiple restaurants in China. His whole life was in China and like no plans to leave China. So we weren't exactly too sure how that was going to work. But, you know, we were able to work things out where now we both work online. We both have our own businesses that we're very passionate about. It does not feel like work at all. We've been traveling the world for over a year together now. And it's really a lifestyle that I have always wanted, but that I didn't ever know I wanted, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I just kind of took the first step. And, you know, the first step six years later has now led me to where I am today, which I never would have expected expected in my wildest dreams. Yeah, I think I loved what you said about how you you didn't really think that this was your dream life until you were living it, literally. And I think that that's what a lot of people in general, not even people who want to work a nine to five or don't or whatever their goals are. It's like, I feel like nobody really knows their dream life. And then once they're kind of living that perception that they had, they're actually making that their reality. It's like, oh my God, like, wait, this is it. This is like what I've been kind of thinking about or manifesting or just like wanting to happen in my life. And now as you're experiencing, you finally kind of got there. But that's not to say that like within the next six years from now, you're going to be living a whole different like dream life that you probably don't even know exists, you know? Exactly. And that's the crazy thing. And also the beautiful thing about this lifestyle is that's you're exactly right. You know, I don't know in one year, let alone six, what my life's going to look like or what I'm going to want. I didn't know I wanted this lifestyle that I have now 
until I got it. And in a year, two, six years, like, I don't know. And that's what I love. That's why I left Canada, why I left China, because I didn't want that predictability of this is what the rest of my life looks until I'm 80 years old. And now, you know, it can be scary and nerve wracking sometimes, but if that's what you want, there is absolutely a way to achieve that. Yeah. And I think that that's where the importance of trying things comes in, because what it sounds like, at least you've tried a bunch of different things until something actually worked, you know, and that's not to say give up too early or don't give up on certain things at certain times. Like there really is no timeline because again, you said a couple of times life never goes as planned. So you can't really plan too far in advance, but just trying things and like taking like the risk that you, as much of a risk as you want, take it and see where it takes you. You know what I mean? Like the worst thing that will happen is you're back at where you kind where you started. So yeah, I think that a lot of people could really take the, take value from learning that it's okay to try things and fail and try again and fail and, and keep taking risks. But those failures are actually like moving them forward, which I'm still learning. Um, and I think everyone's is like, even when you get to your forties, fifties, it's like, you're still learning that failing isn't necessarily the worst thing that could happen. It's just like a step in a different direction than what you expected. <laughs> exactly. I completely agree. So now based on your experience, what would you say some truths are about working abroad as an entrepreneur that nobody really talks about. I think there's this magic around the word digital nomad and working abroad and being an entrepreneur. Like it's almost this like trophy or something that's like sat on a higher level that people aspire to be. But what would you say is things that you really didn't know before you started this whole digital nomad lifestyle? Well, there's definitely quite a few, but I think that For everyone, the journey looks different because there are so many different types of nomads, first of all, like for myself, and I have different struggles than let's say a slow mad would have, because I am definitely not a slow mad, you know, usually every like two or three weeks, we're in a different city or different country for Christmas that we had a little break. So that was nice. But now we're like, okay, ready to get back into it. But I think like in terms of the actual nomad side of things, there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes that again, is very like glamour. It's very glamorized on social media, but like we are out there usually every week because we usually book like an Airbnb or a hotel for one week because we don't know if it's going to be good. We don't know if the Wi-Fi is any good. So we're like seven days is enough. And then if it's good, it's too bad. We have to leave early, but you know, it's a lot of moving. Like we will be sweating, you know, carrying our suitcases, like trying to find a taxi or getting to the bus station or to the airport or like it can be a lot and it can be really strenuous. And I definitely experienced this last summer when we were in Eastern Europe in the Balkans and just going from country to country to country, like it's hot and it's a lot and you're sweaty. And like, there's a lot of behind the scenes. I think that people don't think of because you just think of like working from a beach or in a hammock, but it's like, I know people who have had to buy a whole new MacBook from doing that because of water damage Mm. or sand, you know, and it's like, there's these like tiny little details that can be so expensive to think about. But in terms of the work side of things and me actually running my business, I know kind of the two options are to either run a, have a business, run your business and do something that you enjoy, which is what I have been very lucky to build out or to work remote. But for both of them, but I can really speak to the building your business. Like it's a lot of work and you have to have good time management skills or it just won't work. 
I know I have quite a few friends who have wanted to try the digital nomad lifestyle and they always come back to me and they're like, how do you do it? When I'm, you know, in a new destination or a new city, I just want to explore and it's so much fun and eat all the food. And it's like, well, you have to be disciplined or you're going to have no income and you're going to build nothing for yourself. And in a year or two years, it's just going to be flat and it's going to be a waste of your time. So for me, that's how I look at it. But I think you need to be somebody who is very disciplined, quite honestly. I think if you don't have the discipline, I mean, you could try it and you might gain the discipline real fast when you run out mm. of money or you like don't have a job. Right. But you have to be disciplined in order to really make this lifestyle work. And, you know, even posting every day on Instagram is a lot of work. You know, right. It looks like fun and games, but everything that you do in order to put out content or to run a business or to, you know, work remote for your boss eight hours a day, it is work, but you really have to be committed to this lifestyle. Like anyone can make it work. I truly do believe that if you are committed. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like the discipline side of it because I... I'm honestly your friend in this moment where I'm like, well, how am I supposed to work and enjoy the the places that I'm going and things like that? And I learned the hard way that like, you're going to have to say no to the people that you're living with. You know, I, I did um, hostel living for a little bit when I was traveling around and that was very, very difficult as a digital nomad because there's so much going on, whether it's a party hostel or not, it's still some sort of adventure. Everybody's there to go and explore. Like everybody's there for the same reason and that's to explore this new place. But I think that if the people that you are meeting aren't necessarily digital nomads, it's kind of hard to... I guess there's like the FOMO aspect. Even though you're there, even though you're in this new city, this new culture around all of these new people, you have to like sit out on a couple things or even get like a private room for a couple nights and like bang out what you have to do and then kind of go into the so socialization part. But the discipline in the time management is like, without a doubt, probably top of like a priority list of things that you kind of have to almost like master, I wouldn't say before you do it, because you could definitely like work at it, like you were saying, as you're traveling, but it's definitely something that you need to like, understand is going to be a part of being a digital nomad. Yeah. And within you saying that too, you know, like I plan everything. And so I'm very type A. So maybe this makes me like somewhat of a good digital nomad in this sense, but I plan everything. So like it's Tuesday, there's a party on Saturday. It's in my calendar so that right. like, I have everything in my calendar. So I know what's coming up when I'm going to be out and I can get the work done beforehand. So in my business, I work with retainer clients. And so there's always things going on. There's always work. It's never like, you know, I finish work for the day and then I go to, let's say like do a walking tour and then I come back and there's more work, you know, it's, right. it's always, it's never ending. So it's really just like planning and prioritizing is important, but that can look different for everyone, depending on what the work you do is, but it is still going to be important to plan, to prioritize, to make sure that your time management is on point, or you will find out real quick that maybe nomading is not for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for somebody who's never like done this, but maybe has like an inkling of wanting to try it, would you recommend it? Wouldn't you? And why or why not? Because I feel like a lot of people, like we were saying at the beginning, is that digital nomads these days, especially like 2022 and now 2023, is like so glamorized that everybody, of course, wants to work and travel. But in reality, like 
working, like you have to remember that you are working while you're traveling. It's not just this, like, like you said, working on at the beach or on top of a mountain or this or that. I mean, sure, bring your laptop to the beach, but you have a lot of risks involved. So yeah, would you recommend it? And like, what would you say to somebody who is like thinking about starting this type of lifestyle? Yeah, that's a good question. I would, first of all, before even like taking a step out the door or booking a plane ticket, like look inside of yourself. Is this something that you knowing yourself and knowing your personality and your traits, is this something that you think you're going to thrive in? Like, can you say no three nights a week to a party and then maybe go out the other three or four nights of the week? Is that something that you can do? Do you have the discipline? And I know you know, like back when I was 20, I probably wouldn't have been a great nomad, honestly. Like I could not run a business because I would have been like, I want to go out and I want to meet new people and I want to party the whole time. So it also can depend on your stage of life. But for me now, I want to grow something that is my own, that will run and operate on its own, that I can bring value to clients. So for me, that's my priorities now. So it works well with the type of nomading lifestyle that I have and that I want. But if you are thinking that you're wanting to test out this digital nomad thing, like, and if you do have a job, ask your boss for a vacation and be like, hey, I can be online sometimes. I can work. Like, see if that is something that you are even motivated to do. And like, yeah, it might be mean working a little bit during your one week vacation. But I think if you're really committed to it, like, things do take discipline and motivation and you know it's not just always going to be a holiday so take a holiday and see how you feel like going online a few hours a day or even 1 hour a day a 1 hour a day or communicating with the rest of your team or whatever it may be to kind of test that out and it also depends a lot on like where you're staying and what countries you're going to if you're in a mm-hmm. hostel then it's going to be a very different environment to if you're staying in a you know, five-star hotel or an Airbnb could be a very different environment as well. So it depends on the type of nomad lifestyle that you want. And there are definitely many different ones, but you also have the option, which is nice to try out a few. If you are a full-time nomad or you're planning to be one in the future, you can try out, okay, let's live at a hostel for a month. Now let's live in an Airbnb for a month and see what works best for you and your work schedule. I like to A-B test things. So in Mm -hmm. that sense, you can kind of test it out and see what works best for you and your lifestyle now. And it might not be the same in one year or three years, but it's a good way to get started and kind of go from there. Yeah. Would you say that like certain countries that you've stayed in have been more or less like digital nomad focused or have you ever stayed in like co-living spaces where it's mainly for digital nomads? I think kind of what you were saying where it depends where you're staying and how you can make that lifestyle work when it comes to hostels and hotels. I think that like the community aspect is also like something to consider. So have you experienced that at all? So I personally have never stayed in like a co-living situation. I might in the future, but it's honestly not too high on my bucket list. I'm more so like to connect in Facebook groups and then go out at night and meet other nomads that way or other people with just similar interests, business interests as well. But I would highly recommend either co-working or co-living, which co-living is actually usually quite pricey. So maybe right off the bat, it's not the best way for you to go. But I know that there's some really great options and great people to meet with in co-living or co-working. You know, there's so many apps like Croissant or Coworker where you can just go and grab a space and socialize and get work done. 
or maybe one or the other more so. Right. <laughs> but yeah, like I would recommend to try one of those out first and really kind of see how that goes. For me, I know that when I'm working, I don't want to be social. When I'm working, it's literally just me and my laptop. So that's why for me, co-living and co-working isn't really my favorite. I also, and this is just my mentality, but I don't really like to commute anywhere, even if it's a coffee shop, which sometimes I'll do if the Wi-Fi is bad, but I would rather just be, you know, at the kitchen table or something because there's no commute time. I can get things done. Like I am a very, you know, I don't want to waste any time. I want to get the work done because then I know what's on the agenda for the rest of the day or for the evening so that I can start to get into the rest of my day once that work is done. So For me, I'm very time oriented and I think that that is important. But like I said, there are other ways to go about nomading and I would definitely try co-working if you want to kind of start out and then transition to co-living. And I know there's co-living that has co-working incorporated into it. So there's so many different options as a nomad, but again, it really just comes down to what do you want? What do you enjoy? Are you looking for where the party is, then maybe, you know, remote part-time work might be better (laughs) or, or like a few different part-time jobs. Or are you looking to really build something of your own, of a business? Then, you know, there's different options, but I think if you don't know where to start, kind of just start at the beginning, start at a hostel, see if that's the environment for you and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good like piece of advice as well is that the word digital nomad is actually like a very broad word and it really depends on each person. Even me and you, how much we have similar, how much we have in common. I mean, we're most likely something is different between us and how we work or how we want our lifestyles to be. And we are both considered a digital nomad. So when giving advice, that's a great thing to think about is like, look at yourself first. I like that you said that, like, look at yourself first and be like, okay, I'm 22. I'm 23. I'm 26. I'm 27. Like, do I like to party? What, like, what do I like to do? And then figure out the digital nomad, like style that you want to go into after, because it is a lifestyle, you know, at the end of the day, and it is your lifestyle and everybody's is different. So I definitely like that, like that advice for everybody that's listening. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on that point as well, because in you saying that, it's really interesting. I think a little bit of where you are from, like what country you are from, also kind of determines what your nomading is going to look like. I am very deep in the tax sphere and digital nomad, not so much visas, but more so taxes. And so I know like a lot of Americans will either have a home base in America and come back there or due to FEIE, they can only be there for like a month out of the year. So then that also determines what kind of nomad they are. Like for me, I'm no longer a resident of my home country. So that determines how much time I can spend in my home country. So there are so many factors. And to me, this is what I love getting into, which is so interesting, but there's so many factors that determine what you can and can't do, where you can and can be, can stay, can live as a nomad in today's day and age. Yeah, I also think that that's like the scary part too, you know, is like, okay, well, what if I get stuck somewhere? How long can I stay there? Like the legal stuff and the logistics, I think is also something that is not very, is not talked about as much as working from the beach, like we've mentioned, you know, and I personally think that a lot more digital nomads should start discussing this because these days, 
almost everybody would love to work and travel or at least be able to travel more than two weeks out of the year for Americans, at least. So yeah, like logistics wise, figuring that stuff out is scary. But like you were saying, like once you kind of have it figured out or like have things written down or have somebody to help you with it, it I guess it gets a lot easier. I hope yeah, it gets a lot I, easier. I think really just like educating yourself in the space. Like for me, I... Well, I, it's been years that I guess I have been, you know, in the tax space and knowing different tax schemes and options, but really just understanding it makes it a lot less scary, I find, knowing like how long you can stay in a place and where you can go. And for myself, I have two passports. So I think for nomads, if this is like a serious lifestyle that you're wanting to have, it's important to have have two passports to start building, you know, a global lifestyle. Like for me, none of my life, I am maybe in Canada, like a month this year, it'll be a month out of the year. Usually it's zero days. I haven't lived there in like five years now, you know? So I think it's really like, if this is something that you are wanting to do full time and you can see this potential for the rest of your life, then I think it is good to just start like Googling, researching, finding some pages online about how you could potentially in the future get another passport or residency or whatever that may look like so that you aren't stuck somewhere and having to worry about options. You know, so for me, I'm in Mexico right now. And I was like, I don't know when my six months is going to expire here, but it doesn't really matter because I can just leave and come back the same day on my next passport. (laughs) So having that freedom as well, if this is a lifestyle that you're thinking you're wanting long term. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot that goes into it for sure. Well, now kind of jumping more into your personal life, how did you and your partner even come to the decision of traveling the world together and now being together for a couple years now, right? How have you guys made it work for being together this long and traveling this long? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Well, initially we decided to, we were in China when we met and then he had restaurants in China. So the plan was actually to leave and we moved to Turkey for a year and to come back to China after a year. And for me, I was like, that's not going to work for me. Like I'm done with China. I've been here (laughs) for four years. It's time to move on. But I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. So we ended up moving to Turkey. Some external things happened in China and he ended up building a business because he speaks three languages fluently. So he was able to pretty easily build something with the Chinese market, the Spanish market, the English market due to, you know, his language and his experience, which was great. And then that kind of became his main business. And I had been working for probably like a year and a half at this point on my business, knowing that the objective was that I could travel and work and do something that I loved at the same time as traveling. So we were in Turkey and then we actually got a very short term, like a few months housing agreement. And we were like, wait, why are we in Istanbul? (laughs) We don't need to be here for two months. We can travel and Turkey is beautiful. So we were like, we can travel. There's so much to see. So we did that. And then we kind of were like, wait, we don't have to just stay in Turkey. (laughs) And we went to Georgia and then we went to, you know, Romania and like all of the countries in the Balkan region, which is what I was talking about earlier. But it kind of just like snowballed onto itself. I think if you do have the ability 
to work online, then pretty quickly you're like, wait, I don't need to like be in this one place. It becomes an addiction a little bit. You're like, (laughs) oh wait, let me go somewhere else. I haven't been there yet. Exactly. Yeah. And especially like in Europe where the countries are super close, it's so much easier. So then we both, we were traveling and we're like, this is a lifestyle that we both like. We want to build, you know, neither of us ever planned on really living in our home countries again after being in Asia for so long. So we were kind of like, well, why stay here? Why go back to our home countries? Why go back to China? Like, let's just keep traveling. So that's kind of how that all started. But that's a very long story in and of itself. And then, yeah, now we travel full time together for the last like almost year and a half. We have been together every single day. Even like the other day, he ended up staying in his family's hometown. And I was like, I need internet. I need to come home. And That was one evening. And I think that was the furthest, like the longest that we have been apart in a year and a half. (laughs) It's crazy. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, being together 24 seven, obviously can be hard, but I think that a, if you're with the right person, but also B, like, I think there's a lot of sacrifice and compromise that comes with being in a relationship and communication. And again, this could be a whole nother relationship advice episode. But since you guys are together all the time, what advice would you give to someone who is planning on or even just thinking about moving abroad with their significant other or even just traveling with their significant other long term? I think that you can probably attest to this as well, that going on a one week trip around Europe is a little bit different than a year in Europe. So yeah, what advice would you give to somebody who's kind of thinking about all of this? Well, you touched on a really, really great point there, which I think is like really priority number one. And that's like, is this person your person? Because it will be so much easier to travel with somebody and to be with somebody 24-7 or potentially 24-7 if they are your person. And if you know each other, you know how each other work and operate, that will really make things so much easier if you've been together. We actually have been together for maybe around like a year when we started traveling together, but we were only together for like six months or less when we left China together. But I feel like a lot of the times you just kind of know and you know how the other person works. Like he knows that I'm very work oriented. So he knows, you know, when I'm on my computer, I'm on my computer, don't bother me. And you kind of eventually, and it does take time, but you have these boundaries between each other where it's like, okay, she's on her computer. She's plugged in. Like, I'm not going to bother her for the next hour. Or, you know, if he wants to, then maybe he'll like send me a message. And for me, I don't get angry at that because I can still kind of be in the zone online. So I think it's really just like figuring out the boundaries of when to work, when to play, when to like, you know, and figuring out each other's schedules. So we actually have opposite schedules. His clients are in China. My clients are in North America. So it's literally like one is night in one part of the world and one is day in the other part of the world and vice versa. So we just kind of give each other space. And, you know, if he has to wake up at like 2 a.m., then it's like, okay, if I wake up at 2 a.m. by accident, like I don't get mad at that. So it's just kind of like figuring out what's your lifestyle, what's your job. You know, your job is what allows you or your business is what allows you to travel. So figuring out those boundaries and like, being very patient with each other as well. And like you said, having good communication is definitely something I think that can always be improved. But I think even if you have great communication and then you start traveling together, it might go downhill because it's a different side of somebody to see them 24 seven. So be patient with it and the communication will come and you know you will sort things out, but it does take time. Like it was not easy at all, I will say at the beginning. And now I just feel like it's a piece of cake. It's super easy. 
Yeah. I mean, practice makes perfect, right? The longer that you're together, the longer you're communicating. And also another thing to add to what you were saying is putting yourself in the other person's shoes and being like, okay, he probably doesn't want to be waking up at two o'clock in the morning either, even if he woke you up. You know what I mean? So in that, just in that example, it's like, put yourself in their shoes and be like, okay, you know, this is his time. I woke up by accident. It is what it is, you know, or just anything in general. Like if somebody, if one of you guys is tired or if one of you guys wants to do something or whatever, I think that that's important to think about, okay, the other person's been working all day or hasn't worked at all or hasn't, you know, had time to, do stuff other than working. There's like so many things that are involved, especially when it comes to traveling with somebody else, let alone your significant other. But I did see this podcast episode where the guy said that what him and his wife do is they actually do solo days. So like when they aren't working or if say they have like some sort of free time, if for whatever reason, they just want to, you know, like go and have their own time, they'll just like go and explore the city for themselves, you know, and like go and have wine and go out to eat by themselves. And like, you're not necessarily solo traveling, but you're just doing something on your own for, you know, a couple hours or whatever it is. And I think that that kind of like going back to what you were saying, just gives each other a little bit of a break. So that way you're not on top of each other all the time. And then when you get back home, you have something to talk about and something to share with your partner. So I think that that's like also something to think about too, is like, it's okay to give each other space and then come home and have stuff to share, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny you saying that because I remember when we first started this journey, my plan was, you know, I'm going to meet nomadic like females all over every country we go. And then I'll probably do girls trips with them. So you'll probably be like, you know, and you're on your own in a country literally never happened (laughs) (laughs) because we actually, like, I feel like, you know, when you mentioned they go out, they explore the city, like for me and him, that's work. Like when we're on our laptops, like like nobody else is here. It's just me. So really like when we're not working, if we're not together, we're like messaging each other. Like I, it's so crazy, but I find like every relationship is different for us. I find like if we're not working and we're not together, it's like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. (laughs) But you know, the work time for me is like, and for him is very important and is kind of like our alone time, but everyone is different. Like everyone has a different groove. It's just finding that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. I will have all of your socials and all of your links linked below. And yeah, I look forward to talking to you soon.